Hello, I'm Charlotte Watts. Welcome to these podcasts that were first broadcast live in my Facebook group, Charlotte Watts Calm. Hope you enjoy them. And if you want more, please look at my website, charlottewattshealth.com. Hello, welcome to this live session. And today I'm going to be talking about sustainable weight loss. And I want to talk about some aspects of weight loss that are a little less discussed maybe than just particularly nutritional regimes, uh, ways of eating. There's plenty of stuff around now in terms of things like ketogenic diet. And a lot of people get success from a kind of intermittent fasting approach, which is kind of what is behind the five two diet approach. But I want to really talk about aspects that feed in in other ways here. And that's very much about how we regulate metabolism, how we regulate energy, and the things that are behind those drivers to have the foods that we may not want to be eating and that we know get in the way of our weight loss efforts. So let's be clear on that. That is uh, very, very usually um, sugar craving. So we might have the intent to do some particular diet or other, but often it's the stuff that gets in the way. And people often say to me, oh, I know what I should be doing, but I just don't seem to be able to do it. And it's that kind of relationship with the pressure we put on ourselves and the way that often we can have moments or periods in our life where we're very, very highly motivated, there's a sense of uh, doing, and that is then punctuated by periods of less doing, shall we say, and times where we can beat ourselves up because we're not doing the things that we meant to do because somehow we just don't have the energy to do it. And a lot of the stuff that's about putting effort in to this weight loss management is actually the stuff that is around looking at how we regulate energy in our lives and our stress responses. So it's a very big point of fact that stress has a very, very direct effect on weight gain. So when we go into the stress response, it's the fight or flight response. Generally, we go into freeze as well, but let's just kind of talk about that fight or flight, that um, wanting to stand our ground or get up and run away. And those are very, very energy rich responses. They say fuel up. So they can make us want to have a, to eat more, to fuel up quickly with quick fix foods. If the stress response is kept up for a long time, the stress becomes chronic. It might be something like we don't feel safe in our environment. We feel that our job prospects aren't as we would like them, we feel maybe financially insecure, things just aren't quite as we'd like them. Or we've got the kind of vestiges of trauma left in our body that might be the way we grew up, a sense of unsafe again. Is that we might live with a calibrated way of being that is essentially uh, protective, it's survival mode. And what happens then is it's not just we're reacting to stress in that immediate fight or flight, that adrenaline 
reaction, but actually we might raise cortisol, which is a, a steroid stress hormone. It's a fat-based hormone. And those are the ones that regulate our rhythms in the body, our circadian rhythms, our immune system rhythms, metabolic rhythms, whole host. Steroid hormones, uh, we have as part of the background baseline, they come in and they come out, they ebb and flow. So unlike adrenaline, which is a protein-based hormone, and that is we produce it as and when we need it, and generally we don't need to be producing adrenaline. Um, cortisol we will have running around our body and ideally coming up in the morning and then desisting down in the night. If we have stress challenge, unsafe, need for survival, permeating our kind of background landscape, then we can tend to have raised cortisol. And what that does is it tends to lay fat down around the middle. So it creates what is often called central adiposity or visceral adiposity. It's a kind of chunkier waistline, if you like. It tends to be a bit more of a kind of modern pattern rather than a kind of uh, putting more weight on an, an, a pear-shaped way, which of course is many of our have my hand up many of our kind of body shape it's also we know that since the kind of 40s 30s waistlines have been creeping up and part of that is put down to being kind of high prior protein levels and diet and part of that is definitely the psychosocial stress that drip feed of psychological and social environmental stressors that just keep us in that sense of chronic stress all the time and that kind of weight gain around the middle that tends to be quite hard to shift is tended. I mean, the first things I would look at would, would be sugar and stress within that, whatever that means in terms of, you know, the, the generality of a person's life, um, their relationship with sugar, you know, whether sugar has been in there as a, a comfort and reward from a very young age. It's what we feel we need to self-soothe, to self-medicate. And those patterns that we lay down when we're very young will often complete a loop. So if part of completing a loop for us when we were young was to have something coming into our body that was sweet and, and mollified us, we often don't feel we can complete that loop of being able to come down, of coming into our own self-soothing mechanisms if we don't complete that story with something sweet coming in. And often to rewrite that story takes bringing that stuff that we've put down unconsciously ways of bringing that up to our consciousness and really kind of working not necessarily just to tell the story not it's not necessarily about psychological talking and going through it and putting hardwiring the narrative in again and again and again but it is to understand those responses in the body and to be mindful around those responses so that might be what is arising for us when we're presented with lots of sugar in front of us, which is obviously, you know, more and more the case these days, or to identify with the feelings and that personal sense of need for survival and that need for real kind of soothing that comes from an external source that we rely on, what that brings up, what arises for us and the kindness and the space that we need to hold around that to be aware of the story and to be able to find a settling, a grounding within that so that maybe we don't need to keep playing out those stories, that we can see that that's happening and that we start to find other ways to soothe ourselves, new stories 
And another thing that is very much regulatory within that stress cycle and within that energy fuel up that quick fix, that impulsive, compulsive need to take on the things that might we know get in the way of our weight management efforts is sleep. It is just so very vital for how we regulate energy during the day. It's well known that people who don't either get the requisite amount of sleep or have impaired quality of sleep tend to put on more weight than others. And that's often because of the tiredness that we're you know, left with during the day means that there is that tendency to quick fixes. And that might be to sugar and it might be to stimulants to keep us going. And stimulants will keep up the stress response. They'll keep us in a heightened response and they keep us in those highs that then will tend to drop down into lows. And it's these ro- living on these roller coaster, whether that's a roller coaster relationship with food whether it's needing it to have a high. So although often things like sugar and stimulants feel like they're soothing, part of that soothing is bringing us up from being in a state that's kind of, it's dull, it's lifeless, it's low. And we can feel that soothing because it's a sense of normalization from that. So anything that has any kind of addictive quality will have a sense of normalization within it. Now, within naturopathic circles, they might equate that to stagnation in the left liver lobule. So I would often go in and see if someone needed liver support within some work that we were doing, which is often incredibly true. It's a rare person who doesn't need liver support in the face of stress and in the face of excess sugar coming into the body. But any of those cycles where we are having highs and lows and we're coming back to a sense of normal and that's where that addiction comes in of feeling that when we need something we can't settle there's an anxiety and a even like a fizziness if you like a kind of inability to ground so coming into any practices that ground us And grounding is being in the present moment, having a sense of our physicality, where it is in the here and now. Any of these things help to bring us down. And it's those things again, which come back, which feed in to our ability to notice those stories, those survival stories we go into, where we might be craving sugars, where we might be feeling that that completes a loop, if you like. And being kind to ourselves then, allowing ourselves to come into relaxation patterns and particularly in the evening to allow really good quality sleep is something that's really vital in terms of weight management. And what that allows us to have then is that refreshed waking that allows us to feel like we can do the exercise programs that we want to do, that we know suit us. Walking And having spontaneous daily activity is incredibly important to keep our metabolism up. So when we're sedentary for more than an hour, and that means, yes, sitting on our bottoms for more than an hour, it tells the body that we essentially we are sedentary. And it's known to actually switch genes on which trigger the the beginning of diabetes. So for instance, any, any disease state will have a predisposition and then something that would trigger that. So just because we have the predisposition doesn't necessarily mean it's a foregone conclusion that we would get the disease. Now, 
sedentary behaviors are well-known triggers antecedents for diabetes genes to switch on. So keeping moving and keeping spontaneous daily activity isn't just something that is kind of nice to do. It's something that our body really relies on for its ability to regulate metabolic processes. So moving around continually and knowing that difference between when we move and when we rest. So obviously there's that kind of movement where we will get a bit frenzied and activity and exercise can be as addictive, as high a stimulant as any other. And knowing that relationship between moving and stillness and what really suits us is something that allows us again to regulate, to come back to that regulation with energy, that regulation with appetite, cravings, and then allowing ourselves to have really good quality of sleep, which is one of the most important things for weight management. Now, I just want to mention as well, particularly that weight that tends to be to settle into the belly is that moving around this area, moving in terms of circulation, in terms of the colon, in terms of the lymphatics around the thighs and moving, getting the fascia, the connective tissue around the torso moving is around the viscera, is around the, the digestive organs and the pelvic organs and the lower back. So movement practices that get going around that area, it can be like Qigong, it can be like laying and rolling around a spiky ball on your sacrum. All of that stuff ripples out from the center to the periphery and it stops what happens, that, we, that tightening in the tissues and tendencies to inflammation that essentially do stop us moving and impair circulation around those areas and can lead to that stagnation into the colon, into the digestion that is a slowing down a sluggishness into the colon and into that area, which also gets kind of stuck there in terms of weight. So rubbing the outside of your thighs regularly with your outsides of your fists. Very good to get that kind of stagnation moving. So that's a few kind of tips that might be little outside things that are purely nutritional. There's lots in terms of the Calm package that is, if you haven't signed up to it, I can put another link up, a seven-day meal plan and a few other bits there that will help in terms of weight loss information in terms of nutrition. So it's this tweaking the stuff around the edges as well, not just what we put into our bodies in terms of holding it there and the shoulds and the shouldn'ts, but really tuning in to the needs that we have in terms of being able to settle into our body and getting a good sense of body kindness as well, so that any efforts we have in terms of change aren't imposing our will, aren't about trying to make ourselves some kind of ideal compared to all of that information about ideal bodies, etc., that are out there that are about actually dropping into a real sense of being happy in ourselves and being happy and grateful to be moving around in this body that we have. So thank you very much. Do send any questions through to me in any modality you like and see you soon. Take care.